Welcome to the Live Fire Cooking Podcast. We have kind of a special episode for you today. We're going to be talking all about Valentine's Day, which is only two days away. And so we're recording this uh, on Wednesday morning, and we're going to post it on Wednesday as opposed to our normal Friday post to give you a little bit of a heads, head start on the holiday. So I'm here with Derek from Over the Fire Cooking, Christy from Girls Can Grill, and I'm Jonathan from Brio. Um, Derek, you mentioned before we got started here that you have a recipe dropping today that's sort of Valentine's Day focused. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Valentine's Day is, uh, <clears throat> it's always kind of tough because if you're like me and you didn't get like reservations until, um, I don't know, two weeks before Friday, then you're really out of luck. Uh, so I think that cooking at home is like a great opportunity to not only showcase really good food to your significant other, but um, sometimes you can even save a little bit of money. So uh, I did, although on this recipe, I kind of went a little, a little far with it, but um, I did ribeye hearts and bacon wrapped scallops. Uh, so ribeye heart, I'm not talking beef heart, but I'm talking, it's a thick cut ribeye. Um, that's probably about three to four inches thick that they, that, uh, you'll actually slice down the middle and then, um, still leave it closely attached, but then you'll be able to open it and, uh, it looks like a heart. So it's perfect for Valentine's day. Uh, and then bacon wrapped scallops because why not? Um, uh, the only trick with that is making sure that you kind of get your bacon cooked well, uh, because scallops really don't take all that long to cook. So, uh, I usually cook the bacon on the sides first and flip them really quickly, making sure my skillet was super hot. Uh, cooked it all over some really hot cowboy charcoal um, and then seared off the top of the scallops uh, really quickly to get that really nice uh, caramelization on the outside of the scallops. Honestly, I was in and out on that recipe in about 15 minutes. Um, so it's really like a simple, easy recipe to do especially for Valentine's day, you don't have to really overthink anything. I mean, this time of year too, most, most of these butchers and, and a lot of even grocery stores are selling uh, ribeye hearts like that as well. So super easy. And then I topped it off with like a spicy gremolata. Um, it's like parsley, garlic, uh, lemon zest and lemon juice with a little bit of hot sauce in it. So you kind of got that uh, zesty herbalness. Uh, uh, with some citrus topping your your fatty bacon with the scallops. Uh, and then you obviously have your ribeyes uh, that are just delicious. Not, nothing too crazy on that. Although I do say that my secret to cooking a really good steak, um, I learned this from my best friend, Anthony Harb, uh, is salt and pepper and then just a little bit of cinnamon. So, uh-huh. yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, that's it. It's super, super simple, super easy. Um, nothing too crazy, cooked it over some coals and call it a night. There you go. So when you initially said the heart, you totally intrigued me. This sounds really cool. I thought you meant like, well, first I thought you meant the beef heart, the cow heart. Um, <laughs> but then I was thinking you meant like the filet cutting the spinalis off and doing like a three inch filet, but it's actually the full ribeye with spinalis, but the way it's cut and kind of folded out, is that's what's making the heart? Yeah. So it's a, so cool. You just think about like a really thick cut ribeye. Yeah. Um, so basically two ribeyes still put together and then you are, are able to slice it down the middle of that ribeye, evenly cutting it until the bottom part is only probably about uh, a quarter of an inch still connected. 
uh, and then you lay it open and it looks like a, a heart. Nice. So that's they're that's really great. fun. Um, it cooks like a steak, so yeah. don't don't overthink it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I think that. But I did. I mean, every time I say ribeye heart, I I tend to think like, oh my gosh, I'm cooking like a beef heart steak or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to probably clarify that. I think over when I got it at Porter Road, it was like. I want to say it was the ultimate lover's ribeye or something. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a little more attractive. <laughs> it's all in the branding. It's all in the marketing, right? That's right. That's right. right. Um, and what's great about that, I think, as a segue in the rest of the conversation is that I feel like when it comes to cooking on Valentine's Day, presentation is probably even more uh, important or definitely is than even than in general, which is always important on how you plate something and how it looks. Um and having that cool twist like that, Derek, obviously is about, you know, twice as significant as just cooking a ribeye or more so because it's like, oh, you went to the effort of making this really cool, you know, themed uh, cut. Yeah. So that's awesome. And you can easily make it. I mean, it's not that simple or it's not that difficult to make it uh, like a ribeye heart like that at home, too. You just need to get that thick cut ribeye. Um, but I, I'll let you know too. Probably some of your places, if they do cut it that way, they're probably going to upcharge you just a little yeah. bit, just because Valentine's Day. Yep. So, um, For sure. yeah, and I think that you just—I've learned, especially with date nights or with any time that I'm cooking with my wife—that um, you really want to make sure that uh, it's just simple and easy. Um, nothing's going to be crazy. Nothing's going to be over. Uh, exaggerated. You just want to have good flavor, consistent flavor. Um, and I, I mean, I, obviously I prefer to cook it over the fire. So you get that additional flavor as well. So don't go, you don't have to go too crazy to still have a delicious. Well, meal. and I think the the other part of that is if you're like, if it's a scenario where it's you and your significant other and you're cooking for them, if you spend the entire evening worried about the food and tending it and never really you know, sitting down and actually enjoying the meal with them, you kind of defeat the point a little bit of having a Valentine's Day date. So I think like with a recipe like this, Derek, that's really simple and you can knock it out and serve it and and you can move on with your evening is a great idea. Yeah. So, sweet. Yeah. Sure. Um, Christy, can you uh, enlighten us with some tips for Valentine's Day? Absolutely. I'd actually like to kind of focus on the cut as well. So salmon is also, you know, a nice traditional, it's red, the color of love. It's a good traditional dish, but a salmon filet is something that's a little, you know, kind of mundane. It's every day. You can get that all the time. So instead of just doing a traditional salmon filet, there's a cut called the darn. It's spelled D-A-R-N-E. So that's the darn of the salmon. So the cut is if you take a whole salmon, it hasn't been filleted, the, the backbone is still in there and you actually cut it kind of perpendicular. So the shape of it is going to be um, kind of round at the top with obviously the innards have been taken out. So then you, you're left with um, two pieces on the bottom. So um, it's not really a particular shape. Kind of looks like a pair of pants, I guess. <laughs> but um, but it's it's just a really attractive cut because it's different. It's still salmon. Um, most people really love salmon, but you can get that cut with lots of different fishes as well. 
Um, but I, I'd say do something like that that's a little bit non-traditional. And then I think it's really cool on Valentine's Day to to up your game when it comes to sauces, like pan sauces. Um, when I do the darn of salmon, I, I like to grill it or do it in a pan. But then the sauce I like to do it is take like cherry preserves and mix that with a little bit of um, soy sauce. You could mix in um, a little bit of rice, a red wine vinegar, excuse me, to just kind of little pun- punch up the acid a little bit. And that red color of that cherry preserves on top of the red salmon is just really attractive with a nice little sprinkling of herbs to give a little contrast. Yeah, that's uh, that the salmon idea is kind of like, like we were saying with with Derek's recipe there, that the, you know the the cut itself looking cool is half the battle. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a great twist on it. Um, and then the point about you know using getting a little more creative with the sauces. Also, of course, any kind of sauce or drizzle is going to help with that plating. Um, do either of you guys have uh, comments or ideas when it comes to more generally the plating, setting the mood um, that you you know would recommend for people? Well, I'd say be sure to get more than just the meat on the plate. I know at my house, we traditionally just eat meat like all the time and don't always think about the sides, but this is a meal that you should think about that. Think about what you're going to accompany that star of the plate with, whether it be grilled asparagus, that's something that's nice and easy that people usually love, um, or even a side of really nice butter noodles with shallots and fresh Italian herbs in there, something to complement it to really round everything out. And again, that sauce just being drizzled around adds a really nice touch as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Christy on just wanting to make sure that you you do something a little different um, and that you're able to uh, add some additional aspects to the meal. Uh, I'm actually curious, um, Christy, what, what would be like your go-to additions to making a really good pan sauce? Well, you know, um, so whatever meat I'm cooking, if if it's um, if it's on the beef side, then I'll traditionally after I take the meat out, you're left with kind of the the fond it's called the the leftover kind of elements of the beef there in the pan, and so I'll usually add um, like a beef broth or even a chicken broth sometimes, whatever broth I've got in the pantry. Um, sometimes I'll add like a splash of cognac, um, some aromatics like shallots or garlic, and then I always finish it off with either a couple pats of butter or a little bit of heavy cream. And that just really helps to kind of emulsify and thicken it. So you're not just kind of pouring liquid on your meat, but it's actually something that's smooth and rich and creamy. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, you can even, um, I know I, I really love a good red wine uh, sauce as well, or uh, yeah. just really even deglazing the pan with some red wine. So, um, you know, so that's been a go-to for me. Um, another thing, actually another small little tip, especially when you're cooking with alcohol and on date nights um, and, and Valentine's Day, I, I'm assuming a lot of people are, are going to be drinking uh, when it comes to like red wine, all that stuff. I know it sounds crazy, but use the wine that you're drinking to cook with. Yes. Um, I, I've said it a thousand times. If you want that sauce or you want your food, if you're cooking with alcohol, you want your food to taste good, you better use good alcohol with it. Um, because I, I, you will notice a difference, especially if you're just using cheap wine, um, or anything and, it, and maybe you're drinking cheap wine, use that wine for the cooking, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just use the same thing. You're going to get similar flavor profile out of it. Uh, you're going to add a lot of flavor into your food. Um, but don't go cheap if you have good wine that you're going to be using, um, to drink. I mean, it, it doesn't take too much wine to deglaze a pan. So, but that's only a small little, little side tip, but I love pan sauces. They're awesome. Um, you, you can do quite a few fun little, uh, additions to that. 
Um, even adding some mushrooms or shallots, garlic, onion, whatever you really want to do to kind of finish that off. Um, and then, I mean, I, when I think of like a setting mood or even like plating, um, just go for color contrast, especially uh, for what um, a lot of us are cooking. I mean, you're going to get some uh, a lot of brown and a lot of red. Uh, when it comes to cooking beef and when you have uh, glazes um, or sauces or anything like that. So adding a little bit of parsley uh, on top will definitely uh, boost it, making it, making the food look more appealing. Um, and honestly, I think most of the time I'm, we eat with our eyes first. Yeah. So making that look good before you even bite into it will definitely enhance the experience. Yeah, mincing up mincing up some fresh herbs and just sprinkling on the top is just just that pop of difference. I mean, that's what you see at restaurants. So if you serve that to your spouse or your partner, you know, with that extra little touch, they're going to know that you put a lot of love into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that I mean, if you want to get into you know the relationship side, I think when a significant other notices you put in like more effort than you typically would, um, it, it's that creates some you know. That, that shows that you're actually putting effort into the meal and it's not just a cop out to save money and not go out to eat. Uh, and I think, you know, going into the lighting side of it too, obviously using candles and mood lighting and setting an actual, you know, setting the stage as if you were at a high end restaurant um, is, is a big part of that, you know, whole experience. Like for, for us, I told, cause I'm always cooking over a fire. That's what's easy for me. Uh, I told my wife, Janessa, that I'm, I won't cook, like a steak over fire. It's going to be something inside. It's like not <laughs> something I do all the time and uh, trying to kind of, you know, push the envelope a little bit. Um, so I am not going to talk about what I'm doing because then she'll listen to this and not be surprised. So yeah. we'll have to yes. hear the reaction and next week. If I just, I'm, yeah. I'm being a little aggressive with the number of items and I'm, I'm aware that I am uh, flirting with danger here, um, but I'm going to go big or go home. So I, uh, I think I think it'll work out. I think nice. It'll work out. So. That's awesome. Yeah, and I gotta say, don't forget the chocolate. I mean, <laughs> I, so one, I'm gonna give you guys a really easy recipe that will wow your your significant other. That's so easy; it doesn't involve a grill. Well, actually, you could, I guess, essentially do it on a grill. But take a half a cup of heavy cream and heat it however you want. You could do that on a grill, or you could just do it on your stove. Pour that over a cup of dark chocolate chips. Let that just whisk that up until all the chocolate melts and then add in like one to two tablespoons of whatever flavoring you want. It could be vanilla. It could be rum. It could be bourbon. It could, or you could just leave it plain and then put that in the refrigerator, hide it in your beer fridge so that your wife doesn't see it and get into it before you get time to make it. And then you just take it out once it gets a little bit hardened and then you um, use a spoon and then roll it into balls. And now you got truffles and then just Ooh. roll them in some uh, chocolate sprinkles and you've Whoa. got homemade truffles. Whoa. Wow. Super That's easy. Mind-blowing. <laughs> I wish you would have said that off air so that I could use that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will, uh, I'll do that next year when she's forgotten about this episode and it'll be a surprise. So, there awesome. you go. <laughs> Great. Well, any, um, we're going to, like I said, in the beginning of this episode, we're going to post this uh, two days early than we normally, typically we're posting um, the live fire cooking podcast on Friday. Um, we're going to post this one today. We're recording it on Wednesday. And we're going to post it today, and that way, hopefully, you've if you have your plan um, almost finalized, you can maybe grab a couple of these um, tips and tricks to, you know, make it a little bit better. Any final thoughts for all the lovebirds heading into Friday from uh, from you, Derek? 
Um, well, maybe this is a, a good question for all of us. What would y'all say are like two or three really easy go-to meals that people can get inspired around um, to do for Valentine's Day or for really any date night? Um, I would love to to just kind of hear y'all's thoughts on that. Um, maybe cooked over fire or maybe just cooked at home. Um, do any come to mind? Well, you know, I find that the easiest cuts that turn out well on a grill or in a pan are steak, salmon, and shrimp, but they're also equally impressive. You know, they can be a little on the pricier side, depending on what cut you get, but they're, they're easy to cook because they've got a higher fat content, like, especially if you're going with a ribeye. Um, so those just seem to win. They taste great. They're easy to cook. You can't mm -hmm. mess them up too bad. And like we said, you add, you take that extra time to add a little pan sauce to it. And yeah, those are sure. all winners. And I would, I totally agree with that. And the only thing I would add is that butter is your friend. If, if you're, it's like mm -hmm. butter can cure a lot of things um, when it comes to just cooking for, you know, for one person or a couple of people. And maybe it's not something you've done that much before. When in doubt, use more butter. Uh, if you're basting things, if you're, if you're cooking shrimp, you're cooking steak, you know, just having um, plenty of butter involved in the cooking process is going to, is, is going to help um, that, that almost, especially when it comes to seafood, it just, it just, it just helps more than you would, you would think. And it covers a lot of uh, you know, if you weren't, didn't quite hit the shrimp perfectly in temperature, it's a little overcooked, butter will help that. So that'd be my only, my only comment. That's a great point. Cause when you go to a restaurant, don't <laughs> think they're not using butter. Oh <laughs> I mean, those oh, chefs yeah. are loading it up. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it's, For sure. Go ahead, Derek. I also think, um, I, I think lobster tails, uh, I know that it might yeah. seem, um, daunting to maybe somebody that's never tried a lobster tail or never even cooked with one. Uh, but there's some great stuff. I know, Christy, uh, you probably have some really great recipes when it comes to lobster tail. I have a couple of good recipes for a lobster tail. Um, it's not overly complicated, but I mean, it's more or less like the steak version of shrimp. Yeah. Um, so really easy, super delicious. I think that's been a go-to uh, for me. The other thing I really love is ribeyes. So can't go wrong with ribeyes. It's really hard to, to mess up a ribeye. Um, they're just so forgiving. Uh, and then if you kind of want to go a little crazy uh, or you want to do something different, I, I think maybe even doing like prime rib. Um, I know you can get like two bone, like a two person prime rib doesn't take forever to cook. In fact, you can just cook that right in your oven and you can get some really great flavor off of it. You can do a um, two person prime rib. Yeah. I, I did not. Gotcha. Yeah. Just so like just, yeah okay. I've, I've never, I've definitely never done one that small, but that's awesome. I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend getting like a, a four left and then saving the rest yeah, yeah. later. Um, but yeah, you can, you can pretty much get them any, any size. That's that a good point though. Really Cause want. plating a prime rib for two people would definitely, you know, get you some brownie points. That's, that's a pretty <laughs> cool presentation for just for two people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a Chateaubriand is also pretty nice, mm. you know, that's yep. get a little puff pastry, some, you know, mushrooms diced up really nice, wrapped up with that filet. That's, that's a sexy dish. <laughs> and, and man, I, I'm coming back to what Christy was talking about earlier. Um, sides are a really big deal. In fact, I always have always joked with my wife that um, I always eat, we, we all eat probably a lot of meat, but specifically a lot of beef. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime I go out to a restaurant it's pretty hard to impress um, my wife and myself when it comes to meat. 
However, I always go back to those to the restaurants I really like uh, for two reasons: if they have a really good sauce and they have an amazing side. Um, and so, having great sides, I know we already talked about this, but great sides are so killer. Um, there's some really good ones out there too. I mean, it, do y'all know what Champ is? Have you ever heard of Champ? No. Um, it's like an Irish version of mashed potatoes, but it's like um, it's mashed potatoes that you're adding in uh, some like leeks and a little bit of green onion uh, and some, you know, like a bunch of butter, like all kinds of other good stuff. There's some really great re- uh, recipes out there, but it's like it's almost like loaded mashed potatoes. But um, I mean, without the bacon, maybe, uh, which, you know, you can add the bacon if you want to. Uh, but all I'd say, like putting champ out, um, I think that that's a great add on for a side, um, grilled asparagus as you were talking about, but yeah, don't forget those sides. I know that's all coming <laughs> to me now. Uh, but <laughs> I was just thinking about that, man, we, we crush it on the main entrees, but I think sides are where you, yeah. where you finish the deal. So. Yeah. And one thing with sides, like if you do go to a really nice fancy restaurant is when they're giving you mashed potatoes or mac and cheese or, or even green beans, green bean casserole, the, the secret to what makes them so good, in addition to all the butter and the cream that they're using, is they tend to usually finish them in a salamander, which is an overtop broiler, which you can just re- you can just replicate that in your own oven in a broiler. So if you make mashed potatoes and they're super creamy, you're just whipping them up in the pan, then put them into some t- sort of nice casserole dish. You could even do single-serve ramekins. If you want to make it really fancy, you could put them in a piping bag with a really large star tip, pipe them into those ramekins, and then hit them under the broiler so they just get nice and crunchy and crispy on top. So you kind of crack through that shell as you dig into the really super soft mashed potatoes. It's just one little extra step that shows that you mm-hmm. just go above and beyond. That yeah. is the tip that wins the whole <laughs> podcast. <right there>. <laughs> and <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. I mean, it's the small things. I think if you want to make delicious food at home uh, and you don't want to go to the restaurants or maybe you forgot to get the reservation or whatever, um, you can make... Most of the time, you may not be able to replicate it perfectly, but you can get pretty darn close uh, to making delicious food that you can get at most of those restaurants. And, but the difference is is just mm-hmm. small yeah. details. Yeah. Um, the texture on the outside of your mac and cheese that's crispy and crunchy because of the cheese, but is then soft and gooey underneath is because yeah. they broiled yeah. it right at the end. Um, adding a little bit more butter, uh, or even doing like a, a pan sauce or, um, basting it in butter with herbs and garlic. I mean, that makes a huge difference on the, out, on, you know, the flavoring of the crust of your steak. The other thing is getting, you know, high quality meat, um, all those small details that you, you may not necessarily think about make a big difference on really powerful flavor, um, especially even when you're just cooking at Definitely. home in your kitchen. And s- splurge on that bottle of wine. Like if you oh, yeah. if you give me a bottle of prisoner with a steak, <laughs> I'm I'm in heaven. <laughs> I mean it's just a good dry ro- red robust ro- wine. That's that's what I go for and it just makes the meal right. and a great so much point, better. A, a point I would I, I kind of see with that great point about um Derek you saying, you know, going on go hard on the details and then and Christy with don't, you know, don't go short on the wine is that I saw an article yesterday that said the average cost of a Valentine's meal average is $147. And so it's like, all right, if you, if you would, if you're going to eat home 
and maybe you say, okay, we're not going to go over that. But if you would put that budget into one meal for two people at home, you can get a lot of really yeah. cool yeah. stuff, like a great appetizer, a great bottle of wine. Like you can pull out all the stops for 150 bucks if it's for two people at home and there's no tip. Do you know what I mean? So it's like if, if you take that for approach sure. and say, hey, it's Valentine's Day. It's not about being cheap. But if, if you look at what you would have spent going out and of course you wanted to tip, tip waiters a lot because they're, they're, you know, they're working hard um, and serving a lot of tables. If you would do that at home and use that same budget mentality um, you know, you could do a lot for that. So I think, I think there's room there for, uh, for some of those cool things. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's the second tip that wins this whole podcast. So (laughs) now I'm down to y'all. Y'all have crushed. (laughs) Oh, well, I do have one more really. I actually have one more too. So go ahead. It's just a deep, it's just a detail. Whoever usually does the dishes, let have the other person do the dishes. So like if your wife usually does the dishes, be sure to do the dishes. Don't like messy up the kitchen with this gorgeous meal and then be like, tap out. It's but, your turn. Right. <laughs> just follow through. Do, be sure. the finisher. But maybe soak them and do them in the morning. Maybe just like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you okay, see, that's a good Make sure the other party knows. Like I will Don't do the dishes, the I promise. <laughs> but we're not going to worry about them now. Yes, yes. And this is where my next tip comes. So, so let's say that you cooked over a fire. Let's just say that it's something that you've been listening to the podcast. You've been wanting to do it for a while. You're like, this is my chance. If you want to appear sexy to your significant other, here's what you need to do before or after this impressive fire cooked meal. You need to sit them down and have them watch Francis Malman on Netflix on this show called uh, chef's table, his episode He's a hopeless yes. romantic. He's got great language around fire and love and wine. You will, if, if, if you frame it that you're kind of a mini version of him, right? You're, you're golden. You're golden. <laughs> I love it. Just, just if you're going to have any Netflix entertainment that night and you're cooking over fire, have them watch uh, that episode. Yes. And if you're using the Brio, when you're done cooking, you can get a blanket and you can just you cuddle <laughs> around the fire. <laughs> You just stole all my thunder. That was everything that I had. Well, my whole mystique for the past three and a half years has been taken out. I actually 100% did steal that from Derek. Uh, I did not know about that episode until Derek told me about it. And uh, it changed my life. So thanks to you, Derek. And I'm just going to keep bringing it up. Yeah. So. Man, I think – we always talk about uh, how we love just like bringing fire and food and people all together. But um, I think it, fire cooking and food and and even your significant other, uh, I mean, it goes mm-hmm. really well, too. So um, I know out here in Tennessee, it's been raining like no one's business. But uh, if you want to get outside, I definitely recommend Valentine's Day is a great time to cook over fire. Um, if it's warm enough or, uh, whatever, I mean, you can cook it outside and then bring it inside and eat. So that's a great, great option. But I mean, I'm probably going to be cooking over a fire. In fact, this year, I think we're going to be doing breakfast food. Um, so breakfast for dinner, Mm. uh, trying to switch things up. We'll probably throw a steak in there though, because (laughs) for sure. Very fun. Any final thoughts? Uh, Christy. 
I just, this has been a fun show. I'm excited. I hope this um, inspires everybody to get out there and make up something special. Please hit all our websites. We've got recipes all over the place to help get you going. And um, if not, just do the Google. (laughs) And There's lots of advice out there, but we're here for you too. Send us DMs if you got questions on anything we talked about, and we're happy to answer those for you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And if you have some success on Friday, we'd love to see that. So either shoot a DM to any of the three of us uh, or tag us in stories or whatever. We'd love to see what you guys did. Um, And if you took any of our, if our, of our tips to heart. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.